Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, are you too full? Are you? Can you stay awake? Are you okay? <laughs> Let's come into agreement again. Because uh, we can't do anything apart from him. But we're not apart from him. Hallelujah. He's in us. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together. Asking for utterance. Asking for the anointing. Asking for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Manifesting of your gifts. Moving and working of your holy angels. Reveal to us, Lord, answers to questions, direction. Add to us that which we need, a supply of the Spirit to bring us to the next part, the next place in you. We ask for it. We believe we receive it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lord. Um, First John 5, if you'd go there, please. Uh, I had some notes, but uh, I just set them all aside. Got, I got a different thing. So you, you did say you're believing with me, right? First yes. um, John 5, 4. First John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes. The world. Everybody say overcomes. Overcomes. And this is the victory that overcomes. Overcomes the world. What is it? Even our faith. Hallelujah. Overcome. He keeps on saying, Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes, well, that's faith, that Jesus is the Son of God. We are born of God. There is no defeat in God. None. There's no defeat in him. There is no counsel. No power successful against him. He cannot be overcome. He cannot be overcome. And you and I are born of him. Hallelujah. Overcomers is not just something we aspire to be. It's our spiritual DNA. Born to win. That's literally true about us. We're created to win, to overcome. 
Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. overcomer. (laughs) It's not, not what you're trying to do. It's what you are. I am an overcomer. Born of God. And the way this is accomplished is through our faith. Let me read it again. Whatever is born of God. Somebody say, that's me. Overcomes the world. Now this is everything and anything that is in the world that is anti-God, anti-blessing. Overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. This is the means by which it is accomplished. Faith. Brother Hagin used to say this. From time to time, he'd say the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Go back to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and you'll see that. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 4. Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak. Faith is not a movement. Faith is not a collection of knowledge or understanding. Faith is not a set of principles or guidelines. Spirit of faith. Everybody say spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. What spirit are you of? The Bible said, you know, concerning Caleb, he had another spirit. Different spirit than what? Than the spirit of fear and doubt and unbelief that was paralyzing all the rest of the Israelites that had been brought out of the Egyptian bondage. They stood up and said, it can't be done. We can't go into the promised land. Giants are too big. Walls are too too tall. We're grasshoppers in their sight. You hear that same belittling and demeaning we were talking about earlier, right? That's how the enemy, tune your ear to recognize it. All this is nothing. All it doesn't matter. All it's too much, too big. We can't. Enemy, that's the enemy. Learn to recognize him when you hear. And uh, they are speaking by a spirit of unbelief. A spirit of unpersuadableness. They had seen the mighty hand of God. They had seen the signs and wonders. It's not that they could say, we, don't, we have no experience that this could happen. They've seen it happen. But at every juncture when it came time to believe, they chose to doubt. They chose to fear. There was a spirit of fear that the whole Congregation, millions of people were yielding to. 
Fear is the same evil stuff, whether it's a little bit of dread or full-blown panic. It's the same stuff, evil stuff, just different degrees of the same thing. And fear had to just, they were immersed in it. They went and cried in their tents and said, there's no way. Spirit, when you yield to a spirit of fear and unbelief, you're negative about everything. We can't. There's no use. And that's how, that's not how you overcome. It's how you are overcome. But the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. It's the same thing that Caleb and and Joshua said. They said, we can do it. God's with us. We're well able. Their defense is gone from them. Piece of cake. We can do this. Well, they saw the same things. They saw the same giants. They saw the same walls. One of them saying, we can't, no way, no how. The other one saying, we can, let's do it now. What's the difference? Spirit of faith. Spirit of fear. Say it out loud. Spirit of faith. Spirit of fear. Go with me to Romans 8, please. Oh, that kettle's going to start. Gonna start steaming up now. <laughs> I am, you are, an overcomer. That's what I am. Hmm? Now you can't be an overcomer unless there's something to come over. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can't call yourself an overcomer unless you came over something. Something that was in your way. And if it wasn't challenging, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have come over it. We've been given our loins girt with truth, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, feet shod with the preparation of peace, shield of faith, sword of the spirit. Are we all dressed up and know where to go? Or did he leave some demons and curse and challenges for us to practice on? For us to be able to hone our skills and exercise. Come on, can you see this? If there was nothing to overcome, we can't be overcomers. And the stronger our spirit and the stronger our faith... The brighter our outlook, the louder our shout, and we refuse to let anybody tell us it can't be done. Now what the enemy would, would try to do with every, every believer is separate them from the supply of the Spirit they should be receiving. Jesus said, unless you abide in me. Unless the branch stays connected to the vine and receives the continuous supply, 
It cannot continue to be green and strong and thriving and it cannot hope to bear any fruit. And the enemy is always endeavoring to sever your connections through getting offended, through getting hurt, through getting mad, through any number of things, but the outcome's always the same. You stop receiving what you're supposed to be receiving and your spirit begins to dry up and begins to get weak. And the evidence that your spirit is weak is that your faith is weak. And even small things seem overwhelming to you. The Bible said in the Amplified in Proverbs, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. I preached a sermon sometimes years ago about um, Brother uh, Vic Victory and Brother Terry Trial. (laughs) Brother Terry Trial is always talking about his trials, how hard it is. He's coming up on the rough side of the mountain. He's doing everything he can, trying to make it in, trying to make it through. And so he's going down life's road in his spiritual mobile, but it's weak. He's got, in his V8, he's got six cylinders with plugs filed. He's got gum in the carburetor. And he's only doing 35 when he comes to the hill. (laughs) The big hill. (laughs) Well, he sputters and lurches and downshifts to to second and down to first and it's heaving and chugging and finally some way, somehow he made it over the crest and came down over the hill to the filling station, the local church and told about what a terrible trial. Oh, that hill, it's the most awful hill that you ever heard of. And he talked about how tall it was and how hard it is and how he almost, almost, almost didn't make it. Thought he was going to roll all the way down. Fall in the ditch and crash and perish. But then not long after, Brother Vic Victory Came down the same road. But his faith mobile is hitting on all eight. He stayed close to the Lord. No gum in the carburetor. Kept things clean. Are you listening? He's got full fire in his ignition system. He's got full flow of fuel. And when he approached the hill. He was doing 95. <laughs> so he didn't have to downshift until he was two thirds up the hill. And he just pulled it back in third and got on into the four barrel. And when he topped the hill, he was still doing 65. 
and pulled on into the filling station. And they said, you come from that way? He said, yeah. You come over the hill? (laughs) (laughs) You mean that little knoll back there? No, the hill. The little knoll. Yeah, how did you make it? Oh, it was no problem. We just came right over. Same hill. Same hill. Same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are throughout the world, the scripture said. Some are just much bigger crybabies than others. (laughs) Selah. (laughs) And of course, it is a completely different experience when your spirit is emaciated and your faith is dried up and you're weak. It makes everything seem so much bigger and so much harder. It's important that we receive the supply of the Spirit through the channels and through the parts of the body that God has ordained. And we keep things strong and we keep up our momentum. Come on, can you see this? Who are you? Terry Trial? Or Vic Victory? I'm an overcomer. I said, I'm an overcomer. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, the whole world. Even my faith. I have faith, and my faith works. My faith is strong. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Are you in Romans 8? Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. If you read Revelation, you see that Place after place, it talks about to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes, to him that overcomes. Overcomes what? Well, there's more than one thing, but one of the biggest things that the others are all connected to is fear. In order to follow God's plan for your life, you and I will have to, there's no option. We will have to overcome fear at every juncture, at every part, in order to just step out and begin your walk with God and begin the plan. You're going to have to overcome fear. And 
every time that you get to a certain place in God's plan, he always has more. And to take that step into more, you're going to run right into fear. And the only way you'll get to the next part, you'll have to come over that fear. Are you with me, friends? Now, one of the things as, as faith people, word people, we need to not confess fear, but we need to acknowledge that it's something we got to deal with. A lot of folks try to act like, well, no, I never have any fears and it, it, it you know, never bothers me. That's just not reality. Everybody has to deal with fear. It's how the enemy controls this world. It's how he functions and operates. He rules through fear. And it permeates the very atmosphere we live in. It's all around us. And, and most people around you in the world are full of it. They may hide it pretty well, but it's just right below the surface. And it paralyzes you. Remember Hebrews talks about through fear of death... They were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The fear binds you. It keeps you from moving. This is what happened to the Israelites that perished in the wilderness. Most of them didn't see the giants. They didn't see the walled cities. They just heard the ten tell about it. And the fear that got in them, they communicated to all of them. Fear is contagious. It can be spread quickly. Faith spreads too. I said faith spreads too. Faith is catching. Hallelujah. And you and I must not let fear overwhelm us. And because it will come out when you don't mean for it to. You can't hide spiritual things. Even when you think it's not coming through, it's coming through. And so if you're struggling with fears when you minister to your people, you're going to communicate fear. No matter how hard you try not to. There's only one way not to communicate it. Overcome it. In you. Overcome it. And the only way to overcome it, what is the victory that overcomes the world? Even my, come on somebody say, my, my faith, my faith, hallelujah. We need to be honest about fears that we've faced. Don't give place to them. Don't confess them. I'm not talking about that. But pretending like it's not there doesn't work. I had the privilege of working in Brother Hagen's uh, healing school for a number of years. And uh, he talked to us about the spirit of fear and the spirit of death. And we'd come in there sometimes on a Monday morning. And you got a group of people together that are facing either terminal, so-called, or incurable situations. 
and you got a group of people together with this, and you could feel it. Death is in the room. And you can feel the fear. And immediately, if we're going to get any progress, we got to overcome this. Are y'all with me? We got to overcome this. And uh, uh, I started out a sermon like this one day. I didn't didn't intend to. But I I said, so, they say you're going to die. They looked at me like, if you, I thought this was healing school. Did I get get to the wrong? I said, uh, you are. The Lord tarries is coming. Not much longer. You going to die. I'm going to die. Your pet cat and your dog, your goldfish, your flowers, going to die. Now that we got that out of the way. (laughs) You're not ready to live until you're no longer afraid to die. You have to overcome the fear of death because the devil uses it as leverage over you. He uses it to manipulate Fear of death is fear of loss. It's fear of irrecoverable loss. Loss that you can never get back. People use that concerning when people die. They say, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. Here you lost your mother. You lost your father. Believers should not use such terminology. Hmm? Why? Because they're not lost. We know where they are. Right? And you, you, you hear Christians lamenting, I didn't get to tell them this, or, or I wanted to do that. And uh, my dad went home early, earlier than I'd like for him to have gone, and And the circumstances, the way it happened, I was not pleased with and wondered if we had missed it somehow and and was bothered for several days looking for answers. And one of the things was I had wanted to do this with him and I had planned this and now won't get to. And the Lord corrected me. First of all, he said, you're being unthankful. I thought, well, that don't seem very nice. I'm... (laughs) I'm trying to grieve here and I get reproved for being unthankful. That's the problem. We're not supposed to grieve like those who have no hope. And uh, he said, do you know how many boys never had a father? Never. And if they had one, didn't have a good one. He said, do you know how many hours you had with one of the best dads in the world? I said, no, sir. I got out of calculator and figured it up. I had a bunch of time. I mean, he, uh, he'd get me up when I was just four or five years old. He worked the night shift. He'd come in and get me up and we'd eat popsicles together when he got on. Taught me important things like 
how to shoot a shotgun, how to pop a wheelie on a motorcycle, how to get rubber in second gear in a Mustang. I mean, important stuff that a boy needs to know. (laughs) And the Lord corrected me. He said, you're not being thankful. And he said, besides this, who said you won't get to do those things you, you never get to do them. He said, your dad is not just in your past. He's in your future. Some of the things you think you wanted to do when it comes time to you, you're, you're see him again, you won't care about it. You won't want to. Other things you will still get to do with him. But see, I'm just describing the fear of loss. Oh, what if I die? What if I die? You're going to die. <laughs> you need to warm up to the idea. <laughs> and not just be <laughs> shocked. Now you're laughing, but people do, even believers. They live down here like we're going to do this forever. And in just a few more breaths and days, we're out of here. We're out of here. And we need to be so full of faith about the reality of God and the reality of heaven and the reality of the future until we lose all fear of dying. And we're no longer afraid to die. And when that happens, the devil's crowbar disappears. He loses his leverage, and every time he goes to to, to try to leverage and and squeeze us and press us, we're like, I ain't afraid to die. I know the uh, one of the doctors that helped my dad before he went, he he had a massive heart attack that they said she should have died. And he was dying. He told me later, he said, I was I was leaving my body. And I asked the Lord, Lord, is it time for me to go? He said, no. <laughs> so he said, I started fighting. And he was able to stay. But we had to believe for everything. I mean, we had to believe for his kidneys to start working again. We had to believe for, I mean, there was a dozen things. And we'd take them one at a time. And, and we'd believe. And, and finally, the doctor came to me during part of this. And he said, he's got to do this. And he's got to. I said, well, now, you know, he may not do everything. Because he, that's just the way he was, you know. He said, do you not understand? He will die. I said, he's not afraid to die. He's ready to die. And, and you'd have thought I'd slap that doctor. He, he'd still, he'd step back to me like, he never heard anything like that before. I said, he's not afraid to die. He, he had no answer. He had no response. He's a good man. I appreciate what he did. He helped us. I'm not, I'm not belittling that at all. But people are not used to, they're not accustomed to no fear of death. And that's supposed to be true with every one of us. And if we're not that way, we won't communicate it to our people. And every time we have somebody in our church or a partner or a friend that goes home to be with the Lord, how many believe in for long life? With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I want to see a show of hands. Are you believing? Say, well, long life, are you? Are you? You're going to go to a lot of funerals. 
If you do, if you receive that, and you stay here a long time, you're going to see a whole lot of people. Your family, your friends, your contemporaries, they're going to go before you do. And if you don't handle that right, it's going to hinder your life. Hmm? If you're still emotionally incapacitated two years after somebody went home to be with the Lord, then you're sorrowing like those who have no hope. Your faith in the reality of God and the word is not where it should be. And it's obvious that person had place in your heart that only God should have. They had a wrong place in your heart and life. You hear people saying, if I lost them, I just couldn't go on. Never say such a thing. You may need to go on without them. And sure, you've got emotions, you've got feelings. There'll be times you'll want to see them, but you just remind yourself, I will see them soon. If you live here 120 years, that's just about two and a half hours God time. (laughs) To him, a thousand years is like last night. And that's not just a, a conjecture. That's how it really is. And those that are with him are perceiving time the way he does. And very soon, we will too. Our perception of time is what's off. And so somebody went home to be with the Lord. And you live another 50 years. Well, that's less than an hour. You can keep it together for an hour. <laughs> till you see them again. Is that right? You, you can make it. An hour. For a lot of people, it's 15 minutes. You know, 10 years. 20 years and since they're perceiving time the way he does even if you you've been down here doing something else for 40 50 years you'll get there and they'll look up and go oh you're already here (laughs) to them it's been 30 minutes an hour or whatever is this real or is this imaginary is this real we need to act like it's real And if it's real in our spirit and our minds, day in, day out, we won't sorrow like those who have no hope. We won't stand by a graveside and weep and act like there's no help and I can't go on and I can't live. Yes, you can. I didn't lose them. They went to be with him, which is far better than being here. And I'll see them soon, right away. Glory to God. Till then, I got a job to do. I got something to do. And one of the big things that we have to do is to have this spirit of an overcomer about us, this spirit of faith in us, and that we communicate it everywhere we go. Every service we minister in, no defeat detectable about us, no pessimism, no negativism. Can't get us to talk about what we don't know, can't have, don't do. We only talk about who we are in him, what we have in him. Even call those things that be not as though they were. But no matter what it is, no matter what kind of challenge it is, we're coming over it. 
Being a faith person doesn't guarantee you never have any challenges. If you won't quit, it guarantees you win. You win, you overcome. Oh, somebody say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. It doesn't make a difference what it is. I overcome. We overcome. In order to walk by faith, you have to overcome fear. I remember as a teenager dealing with some fear about something. Didn't know any of the words like we know today. But I knew the 23rd Psalm I learned in Sunday school. And I was, I was struggling with a fear about a thing. And the Lord brought it to my remembrance and I started to quote it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I'm resisting fear. Come on, can you see this? I will fear no evil. And as surely as you resist it, it'll leave you. It'll be there. But you have to resist it. Have to overcome it. When we started our first church there in Branson, I'd never pastored. I'd, uh, you know, traveling ministry, enjoyed that, still, still do that. But I was thinking, are we really going to do this? The, the Lord kept dealing with me about it. And, and uh, so we looked for a place. We, uh, first, I was just looking for an office for our ministry. I wasn't looking for a church. And Phyllis knew something about real estate in times past. And so she said, I'm going to look around some. And I said, well, I'm going to stay here in the room and pray. So she calls me in a few hours and said, you got to come see this. I said, what is it? She said, it's a, what's it, 3,000 seat auditorium. I thought, well, what do I want to come see that for? She said, I don't know, but you need to come see it. I said, okay. So we went and looked at it. When I walked on to it, I had a witness, but my head was going, no, no, no. I mean, I had told her, you know, we need offices and, and, and maybe a little studio that we could put a couple hundred people in or something. We could shoot some some things, you know, but I don't need all this on this acreage and all these utilities and all this stuff. And the Lord dealt with us to uh, pursue it. Man, fear. Everybody say fear. fear. The guy said, well, how big is your church right now? The real estate guy she was talking to. She said, well, right now, nobody. He walked off. Some more of these religious nuts, you know. I had people that would contact me after they heard about that we were looking at some of these things. They said, you know, Brother Keith, what are you going to do with that big thing? I mean, you know, what if nobody comes? And you're not a pastor and all these kind of things. I, I spent a night or two with a calculator <laughs> trying to figure out how I could make this work. And I finally just had to put it in the drawer because it didn't work. <laughs> It did not work. Nothing I could do could make it work. <laughs> and people were, some couple of people were concerned. Well, what a, you know, you got a good traveling ministry, Brother Keith. Why don't you go find your little corner somewhere and start small, you know, and work up. And I finally, you're dealing with these these thoughts and these feelings and, and these fears. And I remember, I remember the night I overcame it. Somebody was trying to talk to me again. I said, listen, I interrupted him. I said, I'm a man. 
I could miss it. And if I do, I'll say so and repent. But I would rather step out and fall flat on my face trying to obey God than to be too scared and let fear dominate me and grip me and keep me back from even trying to do what God... Come on, are you listening here? I'm not going to let fear control me and dominate me. What do I have to... I'm having to overcome fear of lack. What if the money doesn't come? Anybody ever encountered that one before? Fear of lack. I'm, I'm having to overcome fear of failure. You know, and shame. What if people see it? What if people hear about it? Hmm? See how, see how big you messed up? See, you thought you could do something. And look at that. What a flop. You have to overcome pride. You have to overcome fear of lack. You have to overcome fear of failure. But it's fear, fear, fear. Right. Got to make up your mind. It doesn't matter all that much what people think about this. It matters what the Lord says. I'm going to stand before him. I'm not going to stand before them. I'm going to stand before him. It's not going to carry any water. It's not going to carry any weight. If we are at the judgment seat of Christ and he says, why didn't you do this? And you say, well, you know, uh, nobody would really tell us they would support us and and nobody, this one didn't want to, and it just seemed so big. And so, it's not going to carry any weight. You have to overcome fear. Some of the greatest offerings we've ever had. We, we have a, a great offering night at our week of increase every year. And the first one the Lord dealt with me to do, he said, I want you to. He took, he took me to Chronicles, the great offering that David had uh, for the monies for the temple. It tells what they gave, how much they gave, and records the separate amounts and then the total. Lord, dealt with me, I want you to do that. I thought, oh, wow. And, and take a lot of time with it. And people that, that want to sow, if they don't want it not announced, you just put right down, don't, don't announce my name. But otherwise, we're going to announce it and we're going to release faith for this big thing. Well, you have to overcome fear, right? What if people don't like that? Huh? What, what if nobody wants to give? What if you come way short of your project? What if, and because of that, many times people don't talk enough specifics. They talk generalities. We're believing for a new building. And that's all they say. And let's just believe for it to come in. What to come in? And trying to act like you're at a place that you're not. Sometimes telling the amounts tells where you're at. And it's not as big as somebody else. And so that's pride. But it chokes you. It holds you out. It keeps you out. Afraid somebody's going to get offended. Afraid somebody's going to leave. Afraid somebody's going to quit giving. Somebody say fear. 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 
It chokes. Afraid. Somebody's going to find out you've got something. It's one thing I like about Brother Jerry. He tells about his cars, his motorcycles, all the things that the Lord has done for him. If the, it's not what you have. It's how you got it. And if you got it the right way, there's nothing to be ashamed of. If you lied and stole, well, I'd understand you hiding it. But, but if you sowed for it and you believed for it and it came the right way, nothing to be ashamed of. We, we got a big boat a few years ago, big old boat, 40 foot long job. We put it on the big screens in front of everybody in the church. So look, we got a new boat. Hallelujah. Huh? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do it? If it's not working for us, if what we're preaching and teaching is not working for us, if it's not producing results in our life, why would our folks be stirred up about it? Are they going to see the same kind of results? There must be something to aspire to. One of the things that, that stirred me up about this many years ago is we were in a Brother Hagin's camp meeting and one of the first years that I was around there and during one of their big offerings, Brother Fred and Betty Price came down to the front and brought a check for $50,000. That did something for me. Now, if they hadn't told what it was, I wouldn't have known. Wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, and this was many years ago. But Phyllis and I looked at each other. We didn't have $20 between us. We looked at each other and said, one day. One day. Hallelujah. One day. Not I can't and we're just little country folks. And not, one, one day. One day. That's us. Hallelujah. One day. And hallelujah, one day. It was. It happened. Glory to God. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is part of the gospel prosperity? The gospel is the good news. He took our sins. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. He also was made poor. Is that right? Redemption so that we might be made rich. We must not let people shame us about this. We must not let fear, well, what will people think? Well, will they mix us up with this group that's off in these areas? You, you can't let yourself be bothered with all that. Because it's subtle ways of the enemy preventing those you minister to from getting this. Must overcome fear of failure. Fear of people not receiving. Fear of people leaving. Another place this comes up is in turning too much over to people under you. Letting them run things the way they want to do it because you're afraid if you tell them no, you'll lose your help. Or they won't give or whatever the case might be. And this opens the door for the enemy. Then you got people implementing their visions into something and they're not the leader. And it opens the door for all kinds of problems. 
We're not to be led by needs. We're not to be led by opportunities. We're not supposed to be led by people's good ideas or what they want to do. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God, not by the spirit of fear. Come on, can you see this? God didn't give us the spirit of fear. We're not led by this. We don't have the spirit of fear to bondage, but the Spirit of God. And He bears witness with our spirit. When we started that church, we had no singers, no players. And the first week, a group we, we got acquainted with, I guess it's half a dozen singers and players, they came immediately. And so they did music on the first service. And, and, and two weeks later, one of the kind of lead guys, he came and said, uh, Brother Keith, we'd like to do this. And I said, no, no. He said, really? I said, no. He said, no. Oh. And so uh, a few days later, he came and said, uh, well, Brother Keith, we, we really want to do this. I said, no. He said, no. I said, no. He said, well, we're leaving. I said, okay. And they left. And I had no music. None. So I said, why would you do that? I don't need a reason not to do something. I need a leading to do it. Are y'all with me, friends? And one reason it was so strong in me was just a few days before the Lord, in time of prayer, he asked me a question. He said, Keith, if you're always giving in to people, doing what they want you to do, who's leading this? I said, well, it wouldn't be me. He said, if I'd have wanted them to lead this, I'd have put them over it. So then why are people giving in all the time? Even overriding their hearts. Fear. Fear. Fear of losing them. Hmm? Fear of not having the help. Fear of having to do it yourself. Fear of it not getting done. Fear of the church going down. Fear, 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 fear. And the fear of man brings a snare and a trap. And it locks you. And it puts you in bondage. And it keeps you from doing what you should do. Another pastor friend of mine, he uh, started a new series. And there was a man in his church that uh, actually his family was three, three families, his extended family. And he was the biggest giver by far in this church. Wealthy man. Also greatly involved in the church in other ways. Right after this brother started this series, he came to him and said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not with you on this new series you're teaching. I and, and if, you, if, if this is the way you're going, then me and my family is going to have to pull out. Fear. People like to, they like to pretend, oh, no, I wouldn't have any fear. You're lying. <laughs> fear, you don't have to yield to it, but it's going to come. Yeah. I said, it's going to come. Yeah. And it's tangible. And sometimes it's far beyond what would you might think would happen because the enemy brings feelings and thoughts of fear and just tries to push it down on you. And it'll try to sit on you for days at a time if you'll let it. You have to resist it and you have to be persistent in resisting it. And so he, what is, what is he going to do? And finally he said, it just came out of his mouth. He said, well, I, you can't tell me what to preach. I, I have to preach what the Lord gives. He said, well, we're gone. 
And he, he's, he walked and he's walking across the parking lot. He's in his study and he saw him walking. He said, Lord, here goes the biggest giver in my church. He said, the Lord said, no, I'm still here. <laughs> he said, I'm still here. <laughs> he said, it wasn't six months. He had three more families, different families that were just as strong. But the pressure will come to modify. Don't be so strong on that. Back off on this. And if we're led by a fear, we're led by the enemy. We're not being led by the Holy Spirit. We're being led by the enemy. And you know where he's going to lead you? If you follow fear, you're, not, you're no longer following the Holy Spirit. You're following the enemy. He will lead you away from God into destruction. Yes. To follow fear is to be led into destruction. What if they don't like me? What if they make fun of me? What if? What if? What if the money doesn't come? What if? What if? You do everything you know. To follow him and do what he tells you to do. But after that, you cast the care of the rest of it over on him. And say, he knows my heart. Right? He knows if I'm endeavoring to do what he's told me to do. And I won't go under. And I won't lack. And I won't fail. Hallelujah. (laughs) In him, I have victory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say, I am not afraid. I am not. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. First of all, you're not afraid to die. You need to be ready to die right now. Are y'all with me? You need to be ready to die now. If you breathe your last breath and went, whoop, that's it. <laughs> Boom, body hits the ground. You need to have zero fear of that. What's going to happen? You're going to slip out of your body like a hand fits out of, slips out of a glove, like that. It may be several minutes before you realize you're not in your body. It may be. Then you're going to go, whoa, that's my body. Man, I didn't know I looked that old. (laughs) Then you're going to say, I feel good. (laughs) Hallelujah. And your angel's going to be there. He's going to say, you ready? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No fear. No fear. Nothing to dread. You're a believer. You're a believer. You're a believer. Nothing to fear. Nothing. You're just going to be with the Lord. <clears throat> during, uh, during that time I told about my dad going home to be with the Lord, it bothered my heart. The Lord ministered to me. But a few weeks after he went home, the Lord actually let me go see him. Hallelujah. Yeah. You heard me right. He let me go see my dad after he was gone and visit with him for a little bit. 
It was amazing. It was amazing. I, uh, I came up, to, I didn't see the throne, I didn't see the master, <coughs> but I was somewhere in that place. And there was activity. And people were doing different things. It was kind of like an outdoor, it would remind you of a mall, kind of, but it wasn't, they weren't selling stuff, but it reminds you, you know, there's different stores that has different things going on. And I knew my dad was there somewhere. I just knew it. And finally, I found him. And we hugged. It's so amazing to see somebody that you buried their body. It's just, it's hard to, to put it into words. We actually stayed, uh, come here, Justin. We, we stayed hugged up like this the whole time <laughs> that I was with him. And, and we walked down this thoroughfare, and he wanted to talk about the ministry. He wanted to talk about what we were doing in the ministry and the things of God. That's all we talked about. We didn't talk about anything else. And uh, one of the things that stood out to me so much was I had no need to try to tell him how much I loved him. I knew he knew. And he had no need to try to tell me how much he loved me or comfort me. He knew I knew. I'd never experienced that before. Because down here, thank you, you, you always feel in that. You tell somebody you love them. You tell, tell them that they mean a lot to you. And you never feel like, do they really know what I'm talking about? Or did I tell them enough? You didn't need to. You knew. Fully. Hallelujah. And uh, after, I won't go into all of it, but after that experience, I couldn't work up any grief. I couldn't. I actually looked for some. And to this day, that's so real to me. I never refer to my dad in the past tense. He was a good man. No, he still is. Is this real? Do you believe this is real or not? This is real. Whether you, whether you experience some of it or not, this is real. And if this is real enough to us, we lose all fear of death. We just lose it all. And when, the, when you got no fear of death, you become dangerous to the devil. <laughs> You'll go anywhere. You'll do anything he tells you to do. Oh, hallelujah. And that's connected to all the other fears. Because it's fear. Fear of death is fear of loss of your life. An irrecoverable loss. Well, all the other fears are connected to it. It's fear of losing something else. And so you just get, you get free from fear of loss. And you're now free to obey God fully. You have overcome and you keep on overcoming. When the temptation comes, you can't. It's too much. It's too hard. They won't accept it. They won't listen. They'll leave. They'll quit. They'll this. They'll that. Immediately recognize the fear and go, I'm not going to be led by that. 
that is not going to determine my decision. That is not going to guide me. And a lot of times you need to, say, you need to speak up and say this word out loud. Fear, Fear. I, resist you. I resist you. There are a lot of times in your private time, wherever you may be in the car, there will be times that this needs to come out of your mouth. Fear, I resist you. Leave me. Fear. Well, this is going to happen to you and you won't be able to get this back and you'll lose this and you'll lose the other. You heard Brother Jerry's testimony. I know without any details, that's what he had to do every day was overcome any fear of, that would try to tell him you're not going to get this back or you're not going to have loss of memory. Can't remember the scriptures. The enemy will come immediately and sit on you and go, you're done. But overcomers don't accept it. Hallelujah. Don't accept it. Don't receive it. And say, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Here it is. I have it. It's mine. I am an overcomer. Somebody say, I am. I am an overcomer. 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 I'm an over. I'm an overcomer. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. Now you'll be tempted to fear. It's going to come to you. Mister, don't confess it. It's going to happen. I don't have to confess it. You will have to deal with this. But you never have to. It will come on you. But you never have to let it in you. Hebrews 11. I'm not planning on keeping you a whole lot longer. But Actually, go, go to the 10th chapter first. We'll work our way into that. Hebrews 10. Don't be afraid to believe for something big. Don't be afraid to launch out into a project. The way the Lord has led us, every project we're doing, we put it up on the screen. Now, I usually don't talk dollar amounts because that's all relative as far as, I I shouldn't say that. I do talk dollars, just I don't focus on the total. If something is $5 million, I'm not saying $5 million, $5 million, $5 million all the time because a lot of times people's faith, that sounds too big to people's faith. But let's say it's an auditorium. It's a building. It's X amount per square foot. $500 per chair pays for it. So we talk about that, and we have the graphic up in front of everybody, and every week we color in another square. We color in another chair, and we say, we got X amount done. We got this much coming. Part of our job is to communicate the vision so that it's crystal clear. And you got to, we need to stay away from this, all this generality and vagary. We're just believing for something. No, folks have to be able to connect where their faith is. And you got to hear about it on a regular basis. Not just once in a great while. And I'm not talking about pulling on anybody. I'm not even talking about asking anybody to give. This is what we're believing for. 
the Lord deals with you to invest into it, here it is. Right? If not, that's fine too. This is what we're believing for. And this is coming in and you show it and it's wonderful for everybody to see it coming in. You see it coming in every week. There it is. And everybody shouts about three more seats paid for, 50 more square feet paid for. And everybody's on the same page and their faith's together. Come on, can you see this? Hiding things, trying to pretend you're bigger than you are, trying to pretend your money's bigger than it is. This will keep you choked. It's a fear. It's pride and it's fear. And these are evil bondages. Be honest. If you're believing for $500, you're believing for $500. Right? What are we believing for? $500. We break it up into pieces. It's $250 a piece for this. And shout over the $250. We just received our intercontinental aircraft recently. Wow. Wow. What God did for us. And we shouted over 2% of our project. When we first started several months ago and we had 2% of it. We had a shouting time. We all shouted and praised God and shouted why? Because if God can give you 2%, he can give you 100%. And it's because faith pleases God. He's not just the most excited when all the money's in the account or when the symptoms are gone. Faith is what pleases him. Come on, are you listening? And when you're excited and you don't see it or feel it, that's pleasing him the most. And the same thing with the people. I know I had a guy in our first church building. Uh, we, we, we believed for $1,000 per seat would pay for the, the building and, and acreage. And this guy was living in his car when he came to the church. And within a year and a half, I think a year or two's time, he's out of the car, he's got his own place, and sold $1,000 into that, that project. But it was in front of him, you see, the whole time. Can you see this? And then God used that. He helped the, the church to have a, a place and property, and the Lord gave him his own place. And a wife. Hallelujah. (laughs) You need to see these things. Though they need to be in front of the people. Without fear. Somebody say without fear. fear. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 is the great. Heroes of faith hall of fame. And you will see. That every one of them. Had to overcome. They had to overcome. Hebrews 11 and verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. He had to overcome fear of giving his best and what he so enjoyed and liked and not having anything like that anymore. Hmm? If you're, the Lord deals with you, you're in your wallet or your purse, you got uh, $20, you got $100, you got $5, and the Lord deals with you, sow the 100. Now, he doesn't always deal with you to sow the biggest one, but he deals with you, sow the 100. A lot of times, people will think, okay, I got bills, and my car's almost on empty, 
and get the 20, put that in. Why didn't they give the 100? Not sure God could get it to them by the time they needed it. Can you see this? Or maybe it's your favorite car, your favorite jewelry, your favorite thing that you wanted for X amount of years and sold for and believed for and now you got it and it's just perfect. It's the right color and it's crazy fast. And the Lord deals with you, sow it to them. Will I ever have one that nice again? Huh? Boy, God had to work a miracle for me to get that one. He still can. Is that right? He he hasn't run out. But can you see, at every juncture... It'll require more faith, which means you'll have to overcome more fear. And God, Kalisdani, each direct vantageatis. He wellus gunshnawalina. The next parts of the plan are being revealed in these days. Time is short. Soon you will be out. Bergara fidishki eche anete. As always, as before, when you see it and hear it initially, washa motos fear, fear. That much money, that big, that far, that high. But if it seems too big, you're not looking at me. Lift up your eyes and look on me and say, nothing is too hard for the Lord. And overcome the fear and say, I will step out. Overcome the fear, I will preach that. Overcome the fear, I will go there and you will see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I won't let fear hold me back. I won't. I won't yield to fear. I'm an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can believe for anything that he tells me to believe for. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too hard. Nothing's too far. I refuse to fear. I refuse. I refuse. But what if they won't follow me? What if they won't? What if? Refuse to fear. Refuse to fear. What if they won't receive it? Refuse to fear. Refuse to fear. This is what happened with every one of these. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. He had to overcome fear of being ridiculed. He had to overcome all of that. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive, he obeyed and went out not knowing where he was going. Did he have to overcome some fear? When he he was asked to offer up his son, did he have to overcome some fear? Oh, man. There is no such thing as walking by faith 
without overcoming fear. It's not that you'll never be faced with fear. You will be. And the further you go, the more it will come against you. But you never have to yield to it. You never have to back off. In Hebrews, you were in 10. I didn't read it. Hebrews 10 in closing, I think. Thank you, Lord. You know, Paul said, finally, brethren, halfway through Philippians. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) Just thought I'd remind you of that. Verse 38. Now the just, 1038, the just shall live by faith. But if any man, what? Draw back. Why would you draw back? Hmm? Draw back in fear. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Why? Because without faith, It is impossible to please him. And faith refuses to fear and won't back off and won't draw back. Faith steps up, steps out, moves forward. What if I die? There was one thing that happened with my dad. My dad was was, uh, bothered with a fear of flying. And... uh, we got into airplanes in the ministry, and I wanted him to go with us to a, him and mom to go with us to a meeting once in a while. They wanted to, but he had this deal with flying. And then he had that heart attack. And so, didn't, I didn't push it, you know. Fine, you don't have to fly. But then he comes up and says, he's a faith man. He says, I'm going to fly with you. I said, Yeah. He said, yeah, you talked about us going to that meeting down? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going. I said, okay. So the day of, ask him again. So you, you, you want to do this? You sure? You're good about this? He said, I'm going, sonny boy. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. <laughs> well, we're out over the Gulf of Mexico. And... Uh, he came up to the cockpit. He and I talked. He was enjoying looking over. Everything was out there. Great. I think, glory to God. He went back and sat down in the chair. I looked back about five minutes. His head was up against the uh, window. He's gone. He's gone. And the time we got on the ground, he was long gone. I talked to Brother Kenneth Copeland about it later on that day. He got a Revelation. He said, Keith, he said, I don't think your dad even knowed, knew when he died. He was flying along, and then all at once, he's flying without a plane. <laughs> he was inside the plane, then he's outside the plane, looking in the plane. <laughs> this is not fantasy. This is reality. But before, this is before, of course, I had seen him, and the Lord let me have that experience. It troubled me. I got back home, and my dad's gone. I thought, Lord, did we miss it? Should he not have gone? I mean, he wasn't that old. It bothered me. And 
The next day, the Lord said to me, he said, it's important to your dad that you see this right. Interesting. It's like he's communicating something from my dad to me. He said, it's important to your dad that you see this right. He said, no father wants his son to look at these kind of things as as weakness or failure. He said, your dad died with his boots on, facing his fear, overcoming. He said, this is not failure. This is not defeat. See, we don't see things right. We don't see things right. Death is a transition. All of us are about to go through. It, it, it's just, it's not the thing. Living's the challenge. <laughs> Dying for the believer is a no-brainer. Easy peasy. You slip out of here and everything gets more wonderful. He said, your dad died overcoming the fear. He died in faith. And sometimes people talk about, I'm standing in faith. What if I die? Honey, ain't no better way to die than to die in faith. Is that right? You don't want to die in fear and running and hiding and cowering. And if you're able to live five more miserable days because you were a coward, that ain't no quality of life. Go out, guns blazing, boots on, overcoming. Come on, are you with me? Go out, believe in God. Fearless. Oh, somebody say fearless. 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 I think I hear the cattle beginning to blow off. Fearless. 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 And if we happen not to get something right, if we happen not to get it quite right, and we died a little earlier or a little bit wrong, but our heart was always trying to believe God, well, who, who are we going to see first off? You died, you slip out of your body, and you see him. And you go, I was trying to believe you. He goes, I know it, I know it. Come here, come here. I know it. <laughs> I was trying to believe you. He said, I know, I know. It's wonderful. I'm pleased. Faith pleases God. And I'm convinced for the first many years after we get out of this life, just ever so often we're going to go, oh, oh, <laughs> no wonder, oh, okay, I oh, okay. But right now we're seeing through a glass darkly. But no matter what we see or don't see, we can have faith every day of our lives And no matter what the situation is, you don't have to guess what the correct response is. The correct response is, no fear, believe God. Is that right? No fear, believe God. Here we go. We're coming over. We're going to the other side. We're doing this thing. Is that right? We're doing this thing to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Stand up and shout, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Praise be to God. 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 Oh.
hallelujah. 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 Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah.